Hey everybody, this is Brad Bruce and I'm with Jace Marsiglia and you're listening to the 5195 Podcast, the show that's all things pop culture. Speaking of pop culture, yeah, what is your introduction into pop culture? Oh man, the heavy question for episode one, huh? <laughs> all right. Yeah. Um, uh, just from a young age, I kind of rifled through my parents' VHSs, and uh, I, I, I was really enamored with the artwork on uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Spielberg's, and I just remember thinking this thing looks amazing. It was the, the Struzan artwork, um, and it was it was the one where he's, you know, kind of cracking the whip over his head in yeah. front of, like, columns of faces and, you know, all that stuff, and it just looks so fucking cool. And I yeah. was just like, whatever this is, I got to see it. So, you know... Every weekend was like movie night at my house, and I was just like, why don't we watch this one? I pulled it out of a drawer, and they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, cool, you know. So we watched it. It was exciting. It was hilarious. It was fucking scary. Um, it was everything. It just took me for a complete ride, top to bottom. That was that was when I really became a fan of something. Because you had seen movies, obviously, prior oh, yeah. to that. I grew up on all the kid shit, you know, and... Yeah. Um, Plenty of stuff. I mean, like, I wore out Wizard of Oz. Mm -hmm. That was a big one at my house. Yeah. Um, my my folks, would they'd record a lot of, like, Halloween specials and stuff. Like, I wore out Garfield. That's awesome. Garfield's Halloween. Yeah. It's the, the, the Great Pumpkin. Yeah. I always had a proclivity for Halloween-type stuff. When I wanted to watch Raiders, it was like, I'm just giving this a chance just based on the art. Yeah. You know, it pulled me right in just as a kid. And... uh after I watched that, it was just such an experience that I was like, I, I got to watch more movies. Yeah. Movies like this, you know, because it was nothing wrong with the kid movies I used to watch, but it was like, I felt like I really watched a movie. It's your time. first foray into it, cinema. It really was yeah. like, like what cinema could be. Mm -hmm. Cause you know, <laughs> everything you watch as a little kid, it's, it's safe zone. It's just, it's all happy and goofy and. You know, I, I think at the time I'd seen stuff like Harry and the Hendersons, okay. and, you know, probably E.T., stuff yeah. like that. But Raiders was the first one where I felt like movies can be an experience. Right. Like, this is huge. Right. You know, and that was when I, it even made me kind of retroactively go back and watch movies differently. Okay. You know oh, what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. So, I mean, like, it was, just, it was just a weird transformative experience watching that movie. It made me want to be creative. Uh -huh. You know, it, it sparked something. But it also made me want to study, you know? So you just, it's so weird because when you're a kid, you don't really think about studying. But that movie made me bust out the old uh, Leonard Malton book. Okay. Do you remember <laughs> yeah, those like dictionary I, thick yeah, fucking things? Yeah. It was Leonard Malton's 1987 okay. uh, thing. So, I mean, I must have been five or six. Okay. Obviously, I was born in 82. So that was the book where I'd look up Raiders. I was like, okay. And then. Uh, I was able to use the index and see who did it. And I was like, oh, Steven Spielberg. Okay. Oh, well, I'm going to start looking for Spielberg movies. And they were peppered all through my parents' collection, you know, stuff like E.T. and all that. And it just kind of blew my mind. I'm like, the same guy? Same guy did E.T.? That's awesome. So that was kind of, that was the that was the switch that got flipped where it was like, I need to study specifically movies, uh -huh. you know, because I was, I was always reading books. Yeah, I was a bookworm. I was a comic book guy. All of those things are pop culture. You know, I, I had all the media, uh, but Raiders was the one that really flipped the switch where that I was, was just like, I was like, dude, there's a whole world of this stuff out there. Like, yeah. it made me serious about it. That's awesome. Mine was E.T. 
Yeah. Like that was okay. mine. Like that was my introduction. Because again, the same thing. It was the the Christmas specials, the Halloween specials, yeah. you know, the Saturday morning cartoons, you know, that it was it was that it was all it was low dose stuff. It yeah. wasn't like because I was almost like I didn't have the attention span to, to to sit and watch an entire movie. Did any of us at that time? I mean, exactly. It, I, yeah. That's the thing. We you mentioned Saturday morning cartoons. That's that was like the epitome of entertainment for me. Oh yeah, I got up early, dark, sun. You know, it wasn't even like dawn, and I would start watching whatever started around six or seven mm-hmm. and uh i would just watch it till about noon before going outside exactly you know what i mean yeah because yeah. noon was uh at least for us 80s kids i think bowling would come on after yeah. cartoons yeah. or golf and it was just like ah this is the adult shit yeah, i gotta go time, outside time now. to get out yeah, of here you know yeah, it's time to get out of here yep so i mean i've had my cereal i've had my cartoons i'm gonna yeah. get going it's time to go time to go to work <laughs> yep it's time to go so. to work yeah no it was me like my dad would always take me out of school like on opening on really? opening release yeah like um you know i remember like the first one that like stuck in my mind was et okay um and i remember seeing a teaser trailer for it in the theater for, so- for something else you were there for something else yeah and caught. saw saw that which that know? was that teaser didn't give you much not a thing to my not, not a thing to not my memory thing. yeah no it, it, it didn't <clears throat> it really didn't is that and the one that was basically it showed the woods and like that's the one purple font that's the one okay yeah that's yeah. the one so you know so we went it was like already r- relatable because of you know Elliot like Henry Thomas's like performance. I was like, oh shit! It was like it was almost like it was me. Oh yeah, up there, you know, so I could relate he, to. He was the every whole kid. Thing. He was, yeah, you know. And then you know, finding this alien, you know, mm-hmm. and then this this adventure that they went on. I was I was hooked, and sure. I, I see, literally <clears throat> dozens of times in the theater, like dozens wow. of times I saw this thing, you know, and so that was like. And you, I, I, you I was saw obsessed. It, you saw it before it became E.T. Yeah, it was opening day. Like the oh okay yeah. I, gotcha. I, I don't remember the date offhand. It was like June something nineteen eighty two. It was a it was, summer gateway yeah, movie. You know yeah yeah it was and <clears throat> you know it was it was awesome and it's like merch that literally was like kind of what really got me into I guess you would say collecting because sure. I had, like all kids in the eighties we had toys lunch boxes yeah and and and, and with with E.T. it was like. I wanted to set something up on a shelf and look at it sure. versus playing with it. So that like inter- that introduced me to like collecting, mm-hmm. and um, it just it just grew and grew and grew. And you know it wasn't because this was in Texas, you know, eighty two. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't too much longer after that we moved to California, like eighty four, eighty five. Mm-hmm. And you know, obviously, new kid in town, didn't know anyone. And I have older brothers who kind of took me under their wing. We had, it was a love-hate relationship. You sure. know, it, um, they were substantially older than me. Um, but I still was like, kind of like part of the crew, you know, like they right. accepted me. And so it was cool, you know. So having that, I I, w- I wouldn't say matured faster because I'm fucking still not mature. But um, I, I, I had a better grasp on reality versus kids my own age. Really? Okay. Yeah, you know, because, like, they, they introduced me to shit I probably shouldn't have been introduced to. Oh, like, with, yeah. With, like, violent <clears throat> movies and, you know, just crazy, like, subculture life, you know? It's like mm-hmm. it was not cookie cutter at all. No. You know, and I remember, like, going down to the first time I'd ever walked into a video store was, like, right down the street from our house. This old video store called Video Barn. We didn't even own a VCR. Oh, Had wow. to rent the fucking thing, you know? <laughs> Renting a stack of movies and just 
watching like movies you know and sure just at your leisure yeah you could stop it yeah take a piss break exactly grab a snack exactly it, it's just yeah. such a totally different thing from going to the theater you right. know? It, yeah it really was it was it was it was so it was so much fun but the other one was george romero's dawn of the dead really they put it on and like i was terrified sure but also just glued I couldn't take my eyes off it. I Even mean, though I was hiding my eyes, I was still looking through my fingers. Sure. You that's, know? that's an intense movie. It if, is. It especially really if is. you're young. Very young. And you've never experienced such carnage. Yeah. They actually took me when it when it premiered in 78 uh-huh. as a fucking one-year-old. To, oh, uh, so you probably weren't entirely cognizant. I don't remember a goddamn thing of it. Sure. I just know that I was there. And, and like, kind of <laughs> a funny moment was... At like you know all these horror conventions and stuff that like so many of us attend, Romero was at one in in uh, Burbank, mm-hmm. and I remember telling him, you know, I was like, I was at the theater like when it came out, and he was just like, "What were you, fucking baby?" And I was like, "Pretty much, yeah," you know. And he was like, "It's, it's weird, but okay." <laughs> and I was like, "Well, it was his fault, you know." It was like my older brother; he's the one that took me, and he's like, "All right, man, like you know, okay, yeah. it's cool, but cool older brother, yeah, you, you know? know." But it was like. Every weekend, no matter what we rented, whatever new release it was, Dawn of the Dead was always, you know, coming home with us. So that was your go-to, and then whatever else you watched was just, it happened to be in the stack. That was it. That That was it. That one was the anchor. That was it. Okay. You know, and like, you know, like getting back to E.T., it was like, by, by now, like summer had really kicked off, and it was like, I moved to town during summer, so... It was neighborhood kids. It wasn't school kids, you know? So it was like the group of friends that I met were basically kids on my street, kids on the next street, you know? And it was like, and of course I had seen other movies, obviously, like, you know, Halloween, stuff like they would play it on TV, you know? And so I was aware of them and I liked them, but there was just something about that movie that was just like, man, this is fucking crazy. Really? This is is crazy. And it it, it stuck in my mind the way E.T. did. And it was like, because obviously it was relatable because it was like a kid movie, you know, and like it was just with heavy <clears throat> themes, very, very heavy. I mean, the movie's <laughs> the movie's very emotionally manipulative. Oh yeah, hundred I mean, percent. It's a kid movie where you're watching him die a horrible death. Yeah, another yeah. the kid is dying with him. Oh, it's very dark. It's it is. For it's a, very dark. When and that's the funny thing to our younger listeners, we always joke about the '80s being such a tough era for movies. Yeah. Because what people considered a kid's movie back then would never fly today. Hell no. Christ. I mean, Mm -mm. just something like E.T. would be picketed out of the fucking theater (laughs) because they're like, why would you show this kid dying with this poor little thing? You're traumatizing children and blah, blah, blah. It would have been, for lack of a better word, canceled. Definitely. Uh, Yeah. But yeah, it was. And I mean, of course, who among us didn't? fucking cry buckets watching that movie you know as a kid yeah but we didn't i never felt like i was watching something that was too complex for me yeah you know et i mean it's very it's very basic Mm -hmm. it's deep but it's not confusing or complex yeah Yeah. it's just it's an experience and it's (laughs) it's kind of funny when you watch it because it's like they kind of kill E.T. just to bring him back. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a, it's yeah. a very manipulative movie. Yeah. But you 
fucking don't care. It's so entertaining. It's yeah. such a classic movie, and it's it's such a ride. Mm-hmm. Like like you were, we were talking about Raiders of the Lost Ark, and again, it's funny that we have that Spielberg parallel. That yeah, was kind of that like, was our catalyst. Yeah, that That's was our catalyst, yeah. and it was like ET. More so than Raiders, I would wager is so much more relatable to a kid. For sure, yeah. I like for ra- sure. like Raiders. The the sense of adventure, the almost nonstop action. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's that's shaking the keys in front of a kid. You know, yeah. For lack of a better term, because it's the cool, shiny, awesome thing. And yeah. Every kid loved the idea of treasure hunting mm-hmm. or. F- or getting into this huge fight on a cliff or something. I mean, every everything we did was supposed to be like the coolest adventure ever. Uh-huh. Whereas E.T., yeah, we all had bikes we could hop on. We all trekked around the neighborhood and down bike trails and shit. And yeah. it was so much easier to be part of that world than to be like, I'm going to go out and punch some Nazis. Right. You know what I mean? Or uh, I'm going to I'm gonna go into a temp. There's no temples in suburban America, you yeah. know? Yeah. So you really had to kind of create that kind of that sense of adventure for something like that uh or just go for the ride right whereas et you could emulate you could you could go out there and play et for sure you know and we did i did obsessively to where i literally would like call my friends on the phone that a phone that was attached to the wall yeah in our house if you wanted privacy you had to drag the cord to like the wall the laundry room and shut the door yeah yeah yeah, exactly and i would call (laughs) them and i'm like hey do you guys want to hang out do you want to you know and they're like Wait, are we playing E.T.? And I'm just like, mm, no, 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 we're not. Okay. And we get there and I'm like, okay, well, we're fucking playing E.T. <laughs> you know, it's like, Brad, why are you wearing that red hoodie? <laughs> Which Again. I did religiously. Like, I mean, I can, I remember my mom taking me all over just to find this goddamn thing. Really? Yeah. And it was like, I was wearing it like here in Southern California in summers. They're not exactly mild. No, I was going to say, I'm like that. You're wearing layers yeah. in the middle of summer. Yeah. Yeah. And it was just like. Okay, I get it. I fucking get it. You like the movie. Just take the goddamn thing off before you die. Right, you right. Know? Yeah, it's, you're going to melt out yeah, here. But That's funny. No, it, you know, it was, you know, again, like I said, you know, E.T. was awesome. And then, you know, obviously, you know, um, you know, George's Dawn of the Dead was just like, wow. And that was, that was kind of one of those movies that made me want to see other horror movies that were gritty and raw. That that weren't, because I, I love the Universal movies. Oh, yeah. But it's like, they weren't... They weren't that, you know? No, and especially when you're a little kid, there's something about black and white movies that kind of separates you from yeah. the action. You're, yeah. you're kind of like, I need I need something more entertaining. Right, right. Not entertaining in that sense, but like, you know, Wizard of Oz right. starts in sepia, and yeah. then all of a sudden it's brilliant technicolor. Wizard of Oz was like, as a little kid, it didn't matter to you that this movie was like at the time like 50 something years old right this is colorful and amazing and like every you know yellow brick road to the green hue of the witch it was just one of those things where this is the cool bright shiny thing i right. can look at you know so black and white movies i think most people unless yeah. unless that's the first thing you ever watched and you got used to it right i think younger kids even today are like black and white. Uh-huh. It's so boring, and it's like you don't you don't learn to have an appreciation for that until you become a cinephile, or yeah. you know what I mean, like just someone who can appreciate what they did with what they had at the time. It's speaking of Wizard of Oz, 
And because uh, again, I mean, it's like I love Wizard of Oz. Like, sure, it's it's it, it's a it's a badass movie. It really like, it is. is, you know. But I don't know if I I read it in a, a magazine or I saw it on television. I don't know where I saw this. I remember, pun intended, a peek behind the curtain. Okay, when Dorothy's when she lands in Oz before she oh. opens the door. Yeah, it's still sepia. Yeah. Okay, I had heard that. There was a double that played her, and they painted that house in sepia. Oh, I believe that. And, the, and her dress was sepia. Yeah. Okay. And so um, Judy Garland is right off camera, mm-hmm. and when she walks up to the door, she's sepia. The house is sepia. So when she opens the door, it's to color. Yes. But the house is painted that color. And when the door opens, and there's a little bit of a push in. Yeah. She grabs the dog from the girl and walks out in her color dress. Sure, yeah. And I and because when she opens the door, she's literally leaning into the shot, opening it, and backing out. Yes, yeah, you know? exactly. And like that's when they did the old switch, you know. And so yeah. that was actually the first time that I ever heard a story of a behind the scenes of really? a movie of how they did a trick. You know, and this no was kidding. this was early, still early, you know, mid '80s. Sure, you know, and I was like, "Oh, that's cool," because it never registered um, that thousands of hours goes into making these things. Oh God, you yeah. know, it was like I, I never. It, it was just, "Oh, here's Dawn of the Dead," or "Here's Wizard of Oz." Yeah, you know, here's E.T. They just they're there. They're that's it, they are what they are, and they exist yeah. in their elegance because they exist. Right. It's right. not you're not cognizant of all the work that went into it right. you're not cognizant of all the people that worked on exactly. it exactly all the wasted film on shots that didn't go anywhere or flubbed lines you yeah know, until you've really dove into like behind the scenes stuff right you're like holy shit man, yeah this was an undertaking yeah and so ahead of its time definitely i mean it, definitely. i look i look at that movie now as an adult and i'm just to me it's just a marvel no, you know agreed it's so yeah. cool yeah agreed so <clears throat> Again, you know, like, I mean, you know, growing up in the 80s, everything was movies for me and toys, like most kids. Sure. Probably a little more obsessive than most, I think. Like, it really grabbed a hold of me when I had friends that wanted the skateboard or they wanted to BMX, you know, like they were doing that stuff. Like, I was gravitating towards cinema. Yeah. Not even knowing what it was. And of course, you know, I'm, I'm sure you were a comic book fan. Yeah. You know, so it's like you had books. Mm-hmm. It was just something, it was an escape. Yeah. You know, like it was like, it wasn't a movie and I was creating, even though the lines were there, creating the tone of the story of like the delivery of the way I was reading it, the way this character was, you know, saying the line. Sure. You know, so that was another, another thing that was kind of forming it was all these little pieces of like this like ingredients for this recipe yeah of like i think i'm gonna be a filmmaker like and i didn't really? have that i didn't have that epiphany and until i you know i was probably 16 17 years old when i was like i think i'm gonna be a filmmaker i was a lot earlier than me really yeah i was in my 20s really yeah when i decided this is i'm going for it yeah so so after us, you know, kind of filling our minds with all of this shit, what jumped out at you to where you're like, I think I want to do this in film. You know, it's like, I want to direct or I want to art direction or I want to write or I want to fucking, you know, do effects or. Sure. Just the thing that really kicked it into high gear. Yeah. 
Um, <laughs> believe it or not, it's another parallel to you. Uh, you mentioned George Romero's Dawn of the Dead. Yeah. Mine was Creepshow. Really? Creepshow. Yeah. Okay. Um, I was, I, I was, I was kind of a pussy when it came to horror movies. I really, I, I had this swivel rocking chair okay. in the living room. Yeah. It, was, it had a full 360 degree spin on it. And distinctly, I remember hiding <laughs> from arachnophobia. Okay. Because it's just. With good reason. Fucking army of spiders, which is just terrifying. Uh, Alien, Ridley Scott's Alien. And then the one that really kind of frustrated me a little bit because I wanted to see what my dad was talking about. But it was the 1988 remake of The Blob. Mm, Great movie. Which is fan-fucking-tastic. Yes. But he turned it on, and I didn't really know what it was. And I was watching it, and it was the part where the fucking drain clogs in the diner <laughs> so the guy's kind of reaching into the drain and I, without even knowing what the movie was i was yeah. like this looks bad what is going on you know there's no music uh-huh. he's just kind of reaching into the drain and all of a sudden something grabs him i spun that fucking chair so quick <laughs> and my dad he's in the recliner right across from me watching it and all of a sudden i hear just melee it's just crazy what's going on. I go, Dad, what's going on? What's going on? Because I can't look. And he goes, he goes, the guy is being pulled through the sink drain. <laughs> and I'm like, what? And it just sounded like the most horrifying thing. And he goes, oh, yeah, it's not pretty. It's not pretty. And I'm like, Dad, a sink drain? That's ridiculous. And he just goes, oh, it's pulling him in. He goes, there's blood everywhere. He goes, this is pretty, this is pretty gross. So I'm like, oh, my God. But that was the time where I was like, what am I missing by pussing out over this shit? Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Like, Because uh-huh. it was just, I, I remember I even did it with Jaws. Okay. Uh, Jaws was on one night. My dad tried to get me to watch it. I couldn't make it past the girl at the beginning. Wow. Because I mean, arguably that's an intense scene. The screaming, the, I mean, it's scary. It's very realistic. Yeah. Uh, but I, I tapped out. Uh, I tried to watch it again. Months later, I think I got to the part where the, the, the two schmoes are on the dock with, you know, my wife's roast. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And the dock is chasing him when mm-hmm. he falls in. Tapped out. I'm yeah. Done. You know, I'm yeah. like, this is just too fucking intense for me. I can't do it. Yeah. I don't know how I got to that part without seeing the Kittner. I must have okay. missed the Kittner. I must have left the room or something. I don't know. Yeah. Because I, I feel like I would have tapped out then because the, <laughs> the Kittner death is really fucking intense but yeah i just remember seeing the doc chasing the guy and going i don't want to see this oh my god so i really had a bad relationship with horror and then one day um my dad's channel surfing it's sometime in fall it's close to halloween so there's a lot of scary movies on yeah all these little you know local networks and he turns on this movie and it's hal halbrook and fritz weaver playing chess and now I know it's the end of the crate story. Yeah. Okay. And he goes, Ooh, he goes, you would probably like this movie. And I go, what is it? Is it scary? And he goes, yeah, but it's fun. Yeah. And I go, okay. And I go, what's it about? And he goes, hang on a second. Just watch this. And that was when the, the fluffy, the crate monster breaks out of the crate underwater. And then it dissolves into a comic book frame. Uh-huh. And I went, Oh, 
what is this? You know, because I've never seen anything like that where a movie just stops and turns into a comic book. I'm like, yeah. what is this? So I was totally stoked. But then the movie ended. Uh, back in those days, for whatever reason, I probably for commercial, you know, the two-hour time slot, they cut out. They're creeping up on you. Oh, really? It just wasn't part of the movie at all. So for years, I thought, every time I'd watch Creep Show, I thought it was a four-story movie. No shit. Had no, okay. I, had no idea. Okay. And I would read the, the little Leonard Maltin book, you know? Yeah. It mentioned some story about bugs and shit, and I'm just like, maybe I missed it. I don't know. You know, it just, it didn't make sense to me. I'm like, yeah. what, what bugs? Yeah. You know? So it ends, and there's that amazing fucking Rick Catazone animation where the the camera pulls back and the creep is holding the comic book next to that candle and then the candle yeah. blows out and that perfect fucking john harrison score mm-hmm. the piano pounding i'm like i'm in yeah. i'm in i'm like this is a scary movie i want to see because in the five minutes i've been watching it, it there's animation there's all these colors there's you know it's going from real life to comic panels i'm like i've never seen anything like this and he yeah. goes he goes i don't remember what it's called i remember seeing it with your mom at the theater he goes but it's a good movie he goes next time it comes on whatever it is he goes i don't remember the name but look it up so i grabbed the tv guide creep show 1982 two out of four stars <laughs> and i'm just like okay you know i'm like that seems a lot cooler than what they're giving it here you know yeah. but i'm like okay <clears throat> um so i kept it in the back of my head and it was probably about a half a year later. Uh, it came on again. It was like during the summer. Yeah. And it was going to be on one of those fucking off the wall local channels. Okay. You know, that you, at the time, if you had an antenna and you didn't have cable, you had to like adjust the TV just so to get the channel in. So it was going to be on from like two to four. And I'm like, I'm going to, I'm going to watch this fucking movie this time. Yeah. So I got out with my mom and my brothers, you know, it's just summer. We're, I don't know what we were doing. We were, went out to eat and I'm like watching the time. I'm like, it's almost two o'clock, mom. We got to get home. We got to get home. We got to get home. And she's like, Jesus Christ. Okay. <laughs> we get home and we're a little bit late. I turn on the TV and I'm fucking with the antenna trying to get this channel to come in through the fuzz. I sit down on the couch and I'm watching and uh, Vivica Linfors is in the graveyard okay. and Father's Day. So I'd missed 15 minutes, yeah. 20, whatever. And as soon as my butt hit the couch, Nathan's zombie hand shot out of the ground <laughs> and i fucking hit the ceiling i i jumped a mile i was like i didn't even gotten settled and the movie's already <laughs> fucking making me jump so i was like okay don't turn away don't turn away just watch and he yeah. chokes her out and you know and all this and i'm just like okay this is awesome this is awesome just watch it so i'm like <laughs> i'm like okay so i sit through the whole thing and it is brilliant yeah it is just the coolest fucking movie i've ever seen i just remember hopping on my bike and going to a friend's house and just describing this movie beat for beat just like you've got to see this fucking movie it's amazing and i just remember that day so vividly uh, i i literally felt every molecule in me change creatively yeah i was like okay not only do i absolutely love horror movies now and i gotta see them all but I had no idea horror movies could be this cool. It was like, it broke every rule I thought I knew about horror movies. It was fun without being traumatizing. It was scary without being gross. I mean, it is gross. But it was just one of those deals where I'm like, I didn't know horror movies could be funny. Right. For one, because this is a very funny movie. Um, And not knowing EC Comics, not really knowing about all that. Okay, yeah. I... 
I was just kind of enamored with the fact that when something scary happened, the backsplash of everybody would go into those cool panels, you know, and yeah. the, the colors would turn garish, you know, these greens and reds and all that. It was just, it was a very colorful, cool movie. And that was the one, much like Dawn for You, yeah. where I was like, okay, not only am I into movies, but I'm into horror movies and I want to be a part of this. Right. I want right. I want to make something that makes someone else feel the way I feel right now watching this movie. I felt so inspired. And uh, it's just funny to me when you, you know, even as an adult, when people were like, what's your all-time favorite horror movie? You probably can't pick. Me? Just or when, anyone in when general. When you're asked. Oh, you yeah. Know. No, it's fucking impossible. And I, I, I flat out say with no hesitancy, Creepshow. You can do that. I can do that. And the only reason I can is because people, you know, people are obviously going to go what, over Halloween, <clears> over <throat> The right. Exorcist. You know, all these movies <clears throat> that are on a technical level better. Okay. Yeah. I go, here's the thing, dude. I wouldn't have even pursued those movies if Creepshow didn't get me at that age, at that time, that day. And so to me, even if there's movies better than Creepshow, that's the one where I'm like, we wouldn't be having this conversation if I didn't watch the movie that afternoon. Right. So to me, yeah, that's my horror movie because that's the one that started the entire affair. Okay. So... It's not even a matter of, yeah, it's my favorite because it's just the best. Right. No, it's my favorite because there's a resonance there. That movie flipped a switch that I didn't even know I had. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I so, get that. So, yeah, yeah, there's uh, there's better stuff out there. There's classics that are just unbeatable. But this little B movie that Stephen King and George Romero did once, yeah. which is, to my knowledge, his only number one movie. I believe. I'm pretty sure. I that, think so. I think pretty you're sure right. he said that was the only <clears throat> yeah. one that charted. Yeah, you know? I think you're right. Yeah. It's just, it was kind of this movie that nobody really talked about. It was like my favorite thing ever now. Uh-huh. Like, this is the movie that I want to make. I'm always chasing Creepshow, no matter what I'm writing. It's I, I'm looking for that high again. It's, that's what that one did for me. When did you see the film in its entirety? Uncut, uncensored. Yeah. Um, I My brother and I used to stay with my Uncle Mike. He lived in an apartment uh, just just shy of metro airport in detroit and he would take us to the video store and this is a topic for another day okay but my folks i being born in 82 i i was born right in the middle of like the satanic panic okay okay so everything was bad especially with horror so my folks were not gonna rent for like friday the 13th nightmare on elm street halloween all these movies my friends were watching they were like fuck no I watched 2020 last night and, you know, yeah, <laughs> it yeah. was that kind of thing. They drank the Kool-Aid. They did. And yeah. I was like, but I want to see more scary stuff. And my <laughs> friends are my friends are talking about these Freddy Krueger movies. And they're just like, no, no, I saw the news. Yeah. You, you, it's too much. So Uncle Mike, and if he's listening, hi, Uncle Mike. <laughs> thanks for this. Yeah, thanks, Uncle Mike. <laughs> uh, he used to take me to a place in um, Dearborn Heights, out where I lived. I, I lived out, you know, Dearborn Heights was just the city that we went to. And it was a little strip mall. And it was, there was a little Caesars, a laundromat, and then a place called Video Zone. It was this little hole in the wall okay. joint. Not a, it's a mom and pop, which obviously we know are, were the best ones. 100%. And we went in and I'd look around and I mean, this place was a library of tapes. And I found Creepshow and was like, will you rent this for me? And he's like, 
Yeah, I guess. You know, I don't. I don't know if he even knew what it was. You know, he's just kind of like, yeah, cool. How old were you? Uh, seven or eight. Okay. Okay. And uh, what's funny about that experience? We take it back, and within a minute or two of the movie, uh, Tom Atkins is like right in the fucking garbage. You know, and I'm just like. <laughs> okay this isn't like the, the, this is not tv dropping f-bombs here yeah. okay i'm like this is not the one i'm used to because mm-hmm. at some point i wound up taping it on an old kodak and i took out the commercials i don't know if you remember how you oh could, yeah like, you could pause it and then wait for it to come back on and it would be a seamless commercialist thing yep so i had it taped and i wore that fucking tape out watching yeah. creep show i knew it word for word so going in like five seconds in and i'm like this is already different this is already it was so much gorier and scarier than I was used to. I actually broke my turn away moment. I actually covered my eyes when the 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 one kid goes under the stairs in the crate to measure the bite marks. Okay. Because on television, Fluffy jumps out, he hits it with a wrench, and then it kind of tackles him. And then you see Fritz Weaver haul ass out of the basement and he, the, you see the kid get dragged into the crate. That was enough. That was all they showed on TV because they yeah. censored the shit out of it. I watched this one. He gets his eye ripped out of his face, and then it bites the entire back of his head off. And mm-hmm. You see brains and all this shit. <laughs> Scared the fuck out of me. I was just like, oh, my God. I'm like, this is the R-rated cut. I cannot believe how much fucking scarier it was. Yeah. But then I got to see the fifth story. Never saw the fifth story. So it was so weird when the crate was over that I'm like, there's one more. And, you know, I'm going to see this now. And it was fucking insane. You know, all the roaches and shit. But it was just one of those deals where by the end of it, that experience, it had completely changed my viewpoint on the movie. Not in a negative way at all. It was like I, it was like I unlocked secrets that I didn't know it had. I'm just like, wow, this is like. This is what I'm used to plus, you know, uh-huh. and I pretty much swore off watching movies on TV after that. I'm like, no, I got to watch stuff on cut. Uh-huh. You know, I'm, I'm like, losing. I'm losing stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm losing tons. I'm like yeah. my, my favorite movie of all time. And I didn't see any of this shit when it aired. So it's almost like you got to see it for the first time in a way. Yeah. In a way, you know, especially in a, <clears throat> in a completest kind of way. Yeah. Um, I mean, they, they even edited stuff out like when ted dancing and them get shot in the head and that like watery black blood comes out none of that was in the other one i was like wow that's pretty cool you know so i mean savini's shit was just gone Uh for the most part well i mean understandably right you know but it was just one of those deals where i was just like wow that there was a whole amazing movie under all this shit. yeah yeah and that, that was that was first time i actually just sat and watched the entire thing and was just amazed re-amazed you no, know for sure yeah so, totally yeah and by that point what was funny though about living living during the satanic panic and all that and i never i didn't grow up in a puritan house mm-hmm. they just were like the news said slasher movies are trash so no so i'm not gonna it's a no-go but they were super cool about renting monster <clears throat> movies so i got to see stuff like the fog Okay. Um, I got to watch, you know, Alien, Aliens, Predator. You know, but for some reason, if it was paranormal, Poltergeist, uh-huh. one through three, you know, whatever, that was okay. That was, but I had to go to my friend's house to watch the fucked up shit. Yeah. You know, the, yeah. The, the slasher stuff. So 
that was what was kind of cool because that was like my forbidden fruit. I'm like, I got to see what this Jason and Freddy shit is. And I had to, if I stayed the night at a buddy's house, it was like, we're going to rent this one. My mom doesn't give a shit. Oh, cool. All right. Yeah. So that was, that just fed. The- see, and I was that person that people came to my house. Oh, sure. To experience that. Yes. Because I, I never had any of that kind of like rules or, you know, you can't watch this. You can't do, you know, you can't, we're not running this. You can't. No, but the th- I, when I look back on it now and even thinking about it this moment, um, I was there first. Yeah. So you're the, you're the bumpers, baby. You're mm-hmm. the one that's going to be in. Oh, yeah. Rap, you know, yeah. you're in yeah. all the special packaging. They're not going to let anything <clears throat> happen to yeah. you. Yeah. And I was the baby. Yeah. So, I mean, by that point, you know, uh, they, they there was no new car smell. Yeah, it was no. just like whatever. Go fucking do it. Who cares? Right, yeah, the other one survived. Yeah, so you're you fine. know you're fine. So yeah, for me it was it was very protective and very. We're not going to let you watch that trash. The, yeah. Apparently, the, the news. Barbara Walters said there's nothing but tits and <laughs> fucking drugs and those were that, the those that's were going to s- make me want to watch it more. Exactly, and I'm sitting here like, wow, these movies. If I'm not allowed to watch it, it's got to be pretty cool, mm-hmm. you know. But that was their thing. It was nothing against them. Nothing. I mean, I mean, your new parents ish yeah and they're just kind of like yeah i'm not gonna expose you to that stuff and but i got to watch plenty of monster movies and that was kind of that that was sort of my go-to anyway even when i started renting for myself i was like i want to see a werewolf movie over a jason movie you know not that i didn't like them it was just the prosthetic effects you know the work that went into creating monsters particularly in the 80s uh that's what made me really interested in what goes on behind the scenes you know i wanted to know how they made fluffy the crate monster right i wanted to know uh how a bunch of roaches can climb out of a guy's throat you know i'm like that kind of stuff that was when i was like I need to find out how you learned this shit. That's kind of the beginning of Fangoria. That's yeah. when you were able to kind of crack something open and go, oh. Yeah. Okay. No, this, that's, this mustachioed that's cool. Italian, yeah. <laughs> you know, making the coolest shit I've ever seen in my life, yeah. you know. But yeah. that was that was it, you know. And it was just, it. I never really, you know, slasher movies, even though they were kind of forbidden in my house, um, I, w- I never really felt too frustrated by it because I was I was more into monsters. I was more a monster guy. Uh, I enjoyed the occasional animal attack movie. You know, it was just stuff like that because the slasher movies I didn't learn to appreciate until later, which a whole separate set of skills. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, there, it's still a lot of hard work and a lot of cool makeup that goes right. into it. But I really, I loved seeing stuff like the exact, or the, the change head and American werewolf, you know, stuff like that, you know, the bladders and all the stuff that goes into a on-screen transformation. Yeah. Uh, that, that was, that was my bag. You know, that was the shit that really got me interested in just yeah, who does this, who makes that happen? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So yeah, creep show and my love affair with horror is what made me want to know the technical stuff and how right. do you get to do that you know what i mean yeah <laughs> it's yeah. like if i'm gonna have a job i'm gonna do something cool like that yeah no that is cool that is cool you know you're speaking of animal attack movies my favorite animal attack movie was alligator oh i love alligator yeah like that said uh lewis teague yes yeah i remember watching that at a drive-in no shit yeah and like just fucking terrified of sewers really yeah just fucking terrified because you know it was 
It was real, and you know, because alligators are a real thing. Well, not just you that, know? but uh, <clears throat> during that time, it was a very real urban legend that they were all in the sewer. They were pets that got flushed, you know. Yeah. So I mean, it, uh, Lewis Teague and Sales, they they jumped all over that urban yeah. legend, just made it real. Yeah, that was fun, and then it was it was funny because years later I found out that it was Kane Hotter. Yeah, that was in the suit. In the alligators? Yeah. <laughs> oh shit! I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah, okay. I, th- I thought that was really funny. Like, was it just him? <clears throat> it looks um, it looks like the kind of thing that would. Well, because this thing was like thirty six feet. You yeah. know, this thing was fucking the way they shot it. It was like thirty six. And it's, feet, you it's know? a lot of puppetry. There's a lot of tight close ups for right. Me. Yeah, the canes in that fucking thing. Yeah, I'll be damned. Yep, yep. It was one of the one of his uh, first things that he had done. You know, um, when I decided, I was like, I want to. I want to really do this. It was, again, it was a trip to the video store. I was a little bit older now. And, of course, it was still... I I, I was able to actually own my own copy of, of Dawn of the Dead. Mm-hmm. And I remember we were at the video store. And my brother's like, look at this. And he shows me this, um, this VHS. And it says, Document of the Dead. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I was like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. And he's like, it's the making of the movie. The movie you're obsessed with. Currently. Yeah. How cool is that? And I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. You know, so we rented it and it was like, you know, went home. What a fly on the wall kind of thing. Oh it's so God. cool. Like it, you know? it literally, you're right. Because I did, when you watch, that is, in my opinion, is one of the best documentaries ever. Ever. Yeah. Like, because it is just... Especially for being such a hardcore fan of that film. Well, not just that, but nobody was doing that. No one was doing those documentaries. No, no one, no one was doing that kind of stuff. And you know, it was crazy that, like, you know, that they had the wherewithal to film. Sure. That you know, mm-hmm. and like then you know them making a movie about you know putting it out as a documentary. I mean, I watched that thing so much again as well, and it was just like you're seeing oh, people fuck. like. Uh, work their hone their craft it was the first time i ever got to see tom savini speak oh sure yeah because i had only seen him in the pages of fangoria exactly yeah he's the familiar face behind all these cool things that was it you know but yeah yeah, tom savini and then the first time i heard that like cool fucking voice he had and oh yeah always a cigarette in his mouth and just like cool as fuck the same with romero always a cigarette in their mouth you know and it was just like I fucking love these guys. The thing like, about that, the particularly Document of the Dead, that, and, you know, to another extent, Creepshow, which there's not, there, there's documentaries about Creepshow, more retrospective. Yeah. There's nothing quite like, there's Savini footage. And in fact, I remember eBay years ago, I bought something, some rip some guy made called Tom Savini's Home Movies. Okay. And it's about two hours of just his home movies from the set of Creepshow. And only nerds like us would sit and watch and be entertained watching him poke individual hairs into the fluffy mask or making a mold of Ted Danson's face. Or uh, I think one of the one of the big things on that one uh, was the stunt might have been Daryl Ferrucci. Is it Daryl Ferrucci? I'm going to fuck up his name. <laughs> Daryl Ferrucci, I believe. Um, I could probably work on Mark. Probably should. <laughs> um, but he, I didn't know he was the crate monster. He was fluffy 
those shots where you see his eyes. Okay. Uh, those big fucking scleral lenses. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Which just are fucking painful, you know? Um, but yeah, seeing him put these contact lenses in and then stand in like a semi crate set to do that iconic shot yeah. of those of those eyes and um stuff like that where i was just like i'm anyone <clears throat> anyone who would walk in and watch me watching this would be like what the fuck is wrong with this guy <laughs> yeah why why are you watching someone just fuck around yeah know? and i'm like no you don't understand man i want to be there yeah i want to be on this set i want to be doing what they're doing um i hadn't at that point known or thought of writing okay writing was something that came much later like i said in my 20s was when it was like you know what i'm gonna try my hand at this because i didn't think i had the talent or the skill to make a movie but i knew i wanted to tell stories so i'm like i'm gonna learn what you do daryl ferrucci okay you got it. There you go, Daryl. I'm sorry. <clears throat> you got it. Um, I didn't, you know, the craft behind it looked fun. And even Document of the Dead, it just, Romero's sets just looked like a party. They looked so fucking cool. Uh-huh. But I was like, I would love to write it and then just watch what I wrote come to life. Yeah. You know what I mean? And uh, I was like, I'm perfectly happy just being the storyteller. You know, obviously years later learning more about it and stuff i'm like yeah i'll run cables i think that'll be cool you know i'd love to be in the room while someone's making a mold or putting bladder effects and shit yeah because i just i want to learn it i want to learn all of it right but uh my passion would be in creating something from nothing and making a story that hopefully a team would go oh yeah i could do that that sounds awesome Mm -hmm. you know what i mean yeah we'll do this yeah it's just like all right cool let's make something fucking awesome so then like okay so with that in mind what'd you do like how'd you start like when you were like okay i'm gonna be a writer um i like, what was, was it? such a fucking nerd that i went to a bookstore and bought how to screenwrite like it's like a book called screenwrite it wasn't like for dummies yeah but it was like how to screenwrite and it taught me how to format it taught me industry formatting and i was so gung-ho about this i wrote two Two or three full scripts uh, on feature script, feature scripts on Microsoft Word, and painstakingly moved the margins. I mean, that's a step above a typewriter. It is, <laughs> but it was like, and I didn't care. Very archaic, man. Very. Like, yeah. I mean, I mean, now we have programs that just fucking do it all for you. You could just write. That's where I'm at. Exactly. No, I, I, I didn't cut my teeth on that. I literally went, you know, right into. Straight into industry programming. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I didn't even know that stuff existed when I when I decided to do this. So I just went into Word. I was like, okay, I got to have this font. I have to have this size. I got this this uh, margin for dialogue. You know, I I just I learned it, and I had this book, and I just had to high. I was I'd sit there and highlight and make notes. I'd put I'd have post its in it and shit, and I cranked out. Over the course of a couple of years, three scripts, full-length scripts. Wow. Um, That's pretty fucking good. Well, what's funny, the first one I did just to see if I could do it, just to see if I could complete it beginning to end, I wrote 
a creep show three. Oh. Did I ever tell you about that? No. I wrote a creep show three knowing damn well it wasn't going to be seen. I, right. I, I didn't have any, I, I knew all about copywriting and stuff. I just wanted to see if I could do it. Yeah. So what I did was I took those old, um, those Alan Schwartz uh, scary stories to tell in the dark. Okay. You remember that trilogy? Of course. From the 80s? Yeah. Um, I took five stories, short stories that I liked and I put my own spin on them and those became my five stories for creep show three. Okay. This is long before an actual creep show three came out and shed all over the franchise. Mm-hmm. Um, this was like, <laughs> I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to just, I'm going to take these stories. Yeah. I didn't come up with them, but I came up with all the dialogue and I changed Cause I mean, some of these stories in those books was like half a page. Yeah. And some of the stories I chose were like half a page. So I was like, I'm going to just take this and expand on so it. So you built off of that then? I built off. I used it like a blueprint. Okay. Um, and I came up with my own wraparound. And what it was, the wraparound was Billy, you know, the voodoo doll kid, the Venus flytraps. He's now an adult. He's working in a antique store. And uh, a guy who had recently been fired comes in with a gun. And he's just like, I know the old man has something in in the basement, like a, a trunk. And he goes, I'm gonna, I'm I'm not leaving without whatever he's hiding in there. He's basically just robbing the joint, basically, you know. And I had the creep from Creep Show Two. It was like the shop owner, because he was like you know the paper guy in the second one. That yeah, was, that was his disguise. Yeah. you know, at the beginning, he comes out as the shop owner, and this guy blows his head off and then he goes, you basement, let's go. And what I had was when Billy's being walked with his hands up to the basement, we pan over to the creep lying dead on the floor and we go up and his brains and the blood on the wall spelled creep show three. (laughs) And then it pans over to the, the, what would you call that? The showcase window, the, the window out front. Yeah. Uh, the creep from the first one, the skeletal one, he, you know, he does his cackle. We turn into a cartoon and there's the opening credits, you know, and I even picture as I'm writing, of course I didn't write it like this, but I wrote it thinking that's where John Harrison's score is going to yeah, pop yeah. in, you know? So yeah, I, I segue into these stories that I just kind of tailored to modernize and I made them my own. And, uh, when we circle back to the, the epilogue, uh, Billy leads the guy down into the basement and he goes, it's over there. And he goes, all right. He goes, you don't move. The guy with the gun, you just stay right there, fucker. You know, he goes over to this thing and starts trying to break the locks off of it. Billy runs upstairs and locks the door and he's like, what the fuck? And he starts to chase after him. And then we realize that this trunk that he thought was full of riches, it's the crate, the crates in the basement. And I had fluffy climb out grab the guy and just like the first movie i had him biting the back of the guy's head off just pulling brains and shit and then it froze turned into a comic book issue three that's the cover and that was i ended it like that and i thought this isn't great it's never gonna see the light of day but i did it Mm -hmm. i wrote a script and it was about 110 pages fuck for my first go <laughs> you know i mean it was and the, again i'm taking probably 
cumulatively out of those three books, five pages worth of material that I decided wow. I can I can make this a bigger thing. I can make these stories bigger. And I added my own scares. I even said in the script when, you know, I think I, one of the stories I took was uh, the red dot. You know, you remember the, the uh-huh. zit that turns into spiders? Uh-huh. Basically, the story was about uh, this hot exec chick who's just totally vain and shit. And she's, there's a, there's a, there's like a commercial they're wanting to make. And it's coming down to her and this homely looking chick. And she's just like, oh my God, I'm just going to fuck the boss. And it's in the bag. <laughs> you know what I mean? She's like, I'm hot. You know? Yeah. Well, she fucks the boss. A spider lands on her face while they're sleeping. And the story wound up being one of those deals where if even if you know the ending and that, that it's going to pop and all these baby spiders are going to yeah. come out, uh, I had it where it kept getting bigger and making her look like she's so vain that she's just like, God damn it, this fucking thing. And uh, the spider that landed there, it's been tormenting her. Like, she'll be at home looking at the zit in the mirror. I'm just like, Jesus Christ. And all of a sudden, the spider will drop down right in front of her. And she's like, fuck. She can't smash it. She, it keeps getting away. It's just this nuisance, you yeah. know. At the end, uh, her and this chick are pulled into the boardroom. And they say, congratulations to this chick. And she's like, but I, I slept with you. And he's just kind of like, yeah. Looking at her like... <laughs> That fucking thing on your face is really gross. (laughs) So she just goes, all right, okay. So she walks out of the conference room, goes over to her desk and grabs a letter opener. And then she goes into the bathroom and just starts pouring hot water, scalding hot water on this letter opener. And someone, some chicks in the bathroom, she's just like, hey, did you get that promotion? And she kind of shoots her a look like, fuck you, get out of here. So, okay. You know, she leaves. She takes the letter opener and just pops the fucking zit right off her face. And I had this little stream of pus hit the mirror, you know, and that was it. She's like, fuck you, you know, I'm fucking done. And then all of a sudden <laughs> you start seeing shit crawl out. And then I had the, I had it where when they all start coming out, like in mass, the background turned into a, a web. You know what I mean? Like an animated web behind her head. And then, you see her just getting covered and falling over screaming and blah, blah, blah. And then the one who actually got the commercial, she's the bigger person. She's, you know, in classic EC style, the person who deserved it, got it. Right. She goes into the bathroom to basically be a good sport and be like, I'm so glad that, you know, just, just to be a nice person, you know, yeah. just to add sweetness to this whole ordeal. She goes in the bathroom and the chick is dead in the stall. And she's laying, she's sitting kind of against the tiles. Yeah. And her arms are kind of up like a puppet. They're all held up by webs. But her eyes are open, and then you see all these spiders crawling in and out of her mouth. And then it would stop and go into, it would dissolve to the panel. That's the story. Yeah. So it was stuff like that where in the book, it's just, she takes a bath, spiders come out. Yeah. And that's, that was creepy enough. Right. I, I turned it into this whole vanity ec thing where just desserts you know what i mean it happened to someone who deserved it yeah yeah. and it ended ugly you know so i mean i did that with five stories and that was my first script 
straight yeah. up creep show three and then they made a creep show three and i was like damn it yeah no that was <laughs> i know that was bad that was yeah. that was really bad but it was just it was <clears> proof, <throat> it was proof that i could do it it gave me confidence you know and I, I i recommend to anyone writing right now even if you do something that's not going to see the light of day you could take an ip yeah and just be like oh, just just to practice make it your own right uh that's what gave me the confidence to go Okay. Maybe you should explain to what IP is. Maybe if they don't know, uh, intellectual but, property. There you go. Just, um, just in case. So yeah, if you're a fucking Star Wars fan and you want to do like <laughs> fan fiction, write a Star Wars script. Who gives a fuck? Just do it to see. If I you think can. that's a. I think that's a great idea because it's giving you the opportunity to work with existing characters you already know personalities. Right. So it's like, how can I put them in a different situation? And build off of that. Mm -hmm. It's actually a really cool lesson. Because I've never, well, I'm not, I never did, I never started that way. No. You know, like, when I started, it was like, I just was trying to create sure. something new. And, you know, like, my own stories. Of course, picking and, and you know, from, from different films and, you know, scripts and stuff and adding Which things together. We, we all borrow from everything. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. No, for sure. Which, you know, I want to get into that stuff 100%. I think we're coming down to the to the end of this one but sure. it's like uh, i think getting into the next episode you know it, it's you know delving into this kind of parallel that we share mm -hmm. put us on a path to which meeting. is crazy it is because it really is they're, kind they're of funny. so similar you it's know so, it's eerily similar. yeah you know so it's like i i, I it's a, it's a cool story like it really is you know like how how similar our paths were you know and i mean the same influences you know and even but not the same movies, but no. the same filmmakers. Same filmmakers, you know. And we pick, and you know, we, we we pick these movies. And I appreciate your picks, and I'm sure you know you do as mine. Yeah. But it was like uh, when we first met. You know, again, like I want to get into that in the next, you sure. know, in the next episode of like how we met and stuff. And you know, it's it's really gonna kick off for me. Like I'm gonna do this. Yeah. How the fuck am I gonna do this? Yeah. How how, how am I gonna put myself? Yeah. Out there? So that that's what we're gonna get into next time. So sounds good. I think it was I think it was a good one. Yeah. For sure, and I look forward to the next one. Yeah. Hopefully uh, the listeners do too, and you glean some some information, and hopefully that's that's what we can bring you guys week to week. Hell yeah! All right. Well, that's it. Until next time. See you guys.